Okay. Uh, I think we we'll just get started, man. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, salatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to the Dadhood podcast. Uh, today is a little bit of a different one. We don't actually have a father, you could say, on this podcast. This, this is usually, you know, the podcast that says uh, where people can come and hear from experiences of fathers. But there's a very, very relevant topic that we want to speak about today. Uh, so for those of you on Instagram, uh, you can join in, you can send in your comments, your questions. And every so often I'll be taking a look at the Instagram and including some of your questions and comments in our discussion. But primarily... Uh, we're going to be having a discussion, me and uh, Musa, through our video call here. So, assalamu alaikum, welcome to the podcast, uh, Musa. How are you? Alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. Alhamdulillah, I'm doing very well. Jazakallah khair for having me. Barakallah fikum. Thanks for joining, man. I thought you might uh, say no because uh, you're like, bro, come on, I'm not that old, I'm not a dad. Why do you want me on your podcast? No, honestly, I don't mind, man. I don't mind discussing. I think it's an important topic, to be honest with you. I think uh, what you're doing, mashallah, um, you know, with the project um, Dadhood, I think it's needed. You know, we need people doing these niche type of things um, because there's a lot of people to to um, benefit, man, inshallah. Jazakallah khair. So, yeah. appreciate, appreciate your support, bro. Um, the reason I've brought on Musa is because Musa recently you put out this reel where you were speaking about the importance of fathers in Islam. And you are sharing uh, some evidence, you're sharing, uh, you know, some, some sort of perspective that we can look at uh, our fathers from an Islamic angle. And it's well known, sort of documented yourself that you and your father um, kind of, you know, you get along. There's obviously probably times you don't get along, but you get along and there's been a, kind of a big influence your father has had in your life and the direction that you've taken. You've gone on public record to talk about this in, in multiple places. So for, for those two reasons of you bringing up the topic yourself about the importance show to fathers and the fact that you've just always been open with the fact that your father has been involved in your life. I think it's important to bring you on and to kind of delve into that a little bit and speak about that uh, from the angle of the Quran, the Sunnah, what does it say about our fathers, but also just your own experience. Uh, and, it, and you know, it's a contrast to my experience where I didn't grow up with my father. And I think there's a lot that I can learn from you and the relationship you have with your father. Uh, and I think there's a lot uh, that people can learn, inshallah, from the contrast that we have and that we both, regardless of how uh, it's gone, we respect our fathers, which is the title of this, why, we, why I respect my dad. So let's start with the real, inshallah. If you just want to uh, explain for the people that maybe haven't seen it, uh, what were you explaining in that real about fathers? And we'll go, we'll go into it a little bit. Inshallah, Bismillah, Alhamdulillah, Salatu Wassalamu Ala Rasulillah, Amma Ba'd. Once again, bro, Jazakallah Khair for having me on. Um, the real, the reason I made that real is because I feel like this is a big topic of discussion. And I'm sure you've probably experienced this because you always talk about this topic, like you've got a project, a whole project, you know, based on it. You know, whenever you say anything good about parents in Islam to a public audience, one of the most common responses is um, a response of, you know, oh, but um, my, that's not the case with my dad. You know, what if you come from an abusive uh, relationship with your parents? And that's like the most common response. You always, you're almost guaranteed to get that response. If you say anything about parents, 
um, in a positive way online. You always get a response of, you know, some people who've had relatively bad experiences and they basically um, project that even onto others sometimes. So there's a hadith that I came across some time back and I remember thinking it's a very powerful hadith. Um, commonly when we speak about parents, we always hear that hadith uh, of Abu Hurairah anhu, where he mentions that a man came to the Prophet وسلم, and he said to the Prophet وسلم, he asked him, you know, Man nasi bi husni sahabati, that who is most deserving of my good companionship? So the Prophet told him three times your mother and then told him your father. We, we commonly hear a hadith like that. We may even hear some ayat in the Quran. But specifically about the father, you know, the Prophet he said, Al-Walidu awsatu jannah That the father, he is the middle gate to paradise. And then the words after the Prophet are very interesting. He said, Essentially, lose that door. Lose that door. If you want, you know. Oh, preserve that door. Preserve it. Take care of it. Um, so the Prophet it's as if he's essentially telling you, you know, um, your father is a gate to paradise for you. If you want, use that gate. Take care of it. Look after it. Enter Jannah through that gate. If you want, lose it. It's up to you. Right? You know the consequences. So Imam al-Suyuti, who's one of the great Imams, he's actually, um, you know, this is one of his books actually I've got here. You know, the people can get, it's quite a good book. He's known for his work on the Qur'an. This is called Secrets in the Order of the Qur'an. Imam al-Suyuti. This Imam al-Suyuti, he basically commented on this hadith. And he mentioned, when the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Osap, the middle gate to paradise. What he essentially is saying is, the best gate to paradise. This is the best gate to paradise through your father. And a lot of us, we often make excuses for our situation. We make excuses. And believe me, I think probably every single person in this live stream, um, every single person who's going to watch this, every single one of us has probably had bad experiences with our fathers. Every single one of us, right? Where maybe your father's done something to you where you feel like he wronged you. Maybe your father said something to you you didn't like. Maybe he done something. But imagine, in Islam, anything that is worth anything, and even in life, anything that's worth anything, anything that's worth having, it requires your sacrifice. It's as if, it's as if Allah's made it a sunnah, right? That if you want to do anything and be successful in it, gym, business, making money, you know, becoming spiritually closer to Allah, becoming more knowledgeable, you need to sacrifice. So if, 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 if being good to parents has such a big reward, do you think it's going to be easy? Why do you expect it to be easy for? It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. Who told you it's going to be easy? And, and essentially, perhaps that's what actually even makes this, you know, um, such a, perhaps that's what makes the reward for this such a, such a big reward. Because perhaps Allah knows and Allah does know it's not going to be easy for us. You know, so that's essentially the background behind that reel. That's why I made it. And obviously, you you saw yourself. Some people they gave that usual response. You know, I've gone through this and I've gone through that, etc. Um, and yeah, you know, I mean, we can go further into it. You know, if you have any thoughts. Yeah. What were your thoughts on it? I I thought you know it was it was amazing because um, it really affected me personally because it was it was one of the 
hadith that really pushed me to go and connect with with my father um obviously i've mentioned a, a number of times on my own sort of instagram and podcast and whatnot that i was separated from my from my father for 23 years and o- over those years it wasn't you know th- th- there wasn't any uh effort from myself to want to go ahead and have a relationship with him because of like you said there was um many people uh, unfortunately in many muslim families there are cases of abuse and and things like that maybe not to yourself maybe to other family members and because of that you tell yourself that you don't want to get involved because it's gonna either maybe bring up bad memories or it's going to put you into a place where it's going to be very uncomfortable and uh, it could be traumatic maybe it could be to, to a level where you need professional help yeah so there's there's obviously a spectrum of things and i was one of those people that i didn't want that to be in my life so i kind of in a way made an active effort to separate myself from my father uh you know for, for for a long time although you know from the beginning when i was a young child that was obviously not up to me because i'm a child but as i got older i still you know after 16 17 18 19 20 i had the freedom to be able to go and speak to him but i made an active effort not to and when i finally got around to pushing myself uh through the help of other people through the help of yourself as well getting advice from yourself getting advice from um shaykh um and getting advice from my wife getting uh you know help from a number of people and the help of allah this hadith in particular was like uh, an eye opener you know you know that light bulb moment I'm, I'm, you know, I was, uh, I went to attend a course on uh, Adab al-Mufrad because I knew that I was going to go and meet my father. And this course, it took specifically the part of Adab, Adab al-Mufrad that talk about relationships with uh, uh, your parents and 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 uh, as a parent, your relationship to the child, and as a child, your relationship to your parents. And I knew in a few weeks' time, I'm going to meet my dad for the first time. And when I sat down at that course, and the Sheikh explained. Th- you know this hadith basically and uh he didn't you know the, the a new part that i've learned from yourself is that what imam suyuti said the sheikh never explained this and i didn't know imam suyuti commented on that hadith and i think that's actually quite profound that he's talking about that it's the best gate but what the uh the sheikh was essentially saying is that you have these doors to jannah which are your parents and either you lose them or uh, you know you make an effort do you want to do you want, do you want all these doors of jannah open to you or do you not and we, everybody, every single Muslim needs as many doors of Jannah uh, open for them because we want every opportunity to get to Jannah. We want the, uh, you know, we want Baba Salah, we want uh, the gate of charity, we want uh, the gate of this, the gate of that, we want the gate of our parents. And so for me, it just dawned on me that for 23 years of my life, I've had that gate closed. Maybe I've had the gate of my mother open you know maybe that you know those the gates of the parents maybe that half that gate was open through my mother but through my father it was definitely shut because there was no relationship and i could make all the excuses in the world as to why that was shut from his side yeah i could i could rattle off all of these reasons why you know and and therefore i could say that you know allah i'm absolved of that you know it wasn't it wasn't my fault that that gate was shut and allah can you open that gate for me because you know i didn't it, it, it wasn't my i could make all of those excuses right but the reality situation is that i'm alive right now and have an opportunity to open that gate and i can make that decision for myself whether that whether i can open that gate or not and so i have to then put my ego to the side and I have to go ahead 
and I have to do what I can do to open that gate. Maybe from the other side, whether it's going to be reciprocated or not, that's that's not um, uh, up to me. And that's not what Allah will judge me on. Uh, he's not going to judge me by other people's efforts. He's going to judge me about uh, me on my efforts and what I did. And um, so all, all those thoughts, when you put that reel out, all those thoughts were flooding back to me from that moment that I, uh, the kind of sheikh kind of drew it into me that get that gate open, put your ego to the side and just get that gate open. And uh, that's why I wanted people to see it and I wanted to have this discussion because of that. Yeah, subhanAllah. You know, uh, one of the things that you just mentioned, you know, about ego. Ego is one of the things that stops us from doing many things in our lives, you know. Uh, for some of us, ego is one of those things that stops us from apologizing to people we've wronged, right? It's one of the things that causes us to, you know, at times it can cause us to become distant from, distant from Allah, our own parents, right? Um, what's interesting about one of the things you mentioned is, you know, you mentioned about whether or not your father reciprocates what you're trying to do, okay? It's about what, what, what is good for you. One of the things, I was, I was giving advice to a brother, a brother that is um, fairly close with me. He called me, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And subhanAllah, you know, for all of the brothers and sisters listening to this, it, 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 it's crazy. It's actually crazy how many people are going through issues with their parents. It's actually something that's so widespread. You know, I mentioned in the beginning, like this is a niche thing. You know what you're doing, bro? It's actually not niche. You know, I'd like to cor correct that because it's so common. It's so common that we don't realize it's common. Like this brother, I wouldn't have known that he's going through things like this. Like he called me and I spoke to him for maybe three hours that night, right? And he said to me that, you know, I'm going through these issues, etc. I'm not going to go into his issues. But one of the things I've noticed that people, that causes people to have problems with their parents is the way that they see their parents. Many of us, the way that we see our parents, unfortunately, and this is wrong, is we see us and our parents as equals. So we judge them accordingly, right? So we say, my parents said this to me, said that to me. So I said this and that to them back, right? And some people, they even justify answering back to their parents. Honestly, I've actually heard this before. Some people will actually justify answering back to their parents and what. And, and it's, it's because the reason why you do that is because you think that you and your parents are the same. And according to Islam, you are not the same. That's something we should definitely get out of the way, you know, um, in the beginning of this podcast. The relationship between you and your parent, you and your father, it is not the same. What do I mean by that? In Islam, you have sins that are of levels. You have minor sins, you have major sins. Multiple ulama have written books on major sins. Amongst them, Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, he wrote a book called Al-Kaba'ir. Imam al-Dhahabi, a more classical scholar, he wrote his book called Al-Kaba'ir, in which he listed around 70 or so sins, okay? Um, that are major. Imam al-Dhahabi considered those things to be major sins, okay? So, let's put a scenario in place. Let's say my father or someone's father comes to them and swears at them. Okay. Let's say a father comes and swears at the child. Okay. They've done something wrong. They've done something they shouldn't have done. Okay. Fine. Let's say now you as a child 
you reciprocate that exactly how it is. You swear back. And you say exactly the same thing back. What your father done towards you is one thing. What you have done towards your father is a major sin. What your father has done towards you, fine, no problem. Your father, he may do something towards you. He may do and say something towards you. Your father may say to you, you know what? Um, he may make a comment towards you. And it hurts you. It may upset you. But your father, he hasn't committed a major sin. By making that comment, he hasn't fallen into a kabira, a major sin. For him, it's, you know, he hasn't committed a major sin. You say exactly the same thing back to him. Exactly the same thing. And you have disrespected him. You have upset him. You've become a cause of his, um, you know, his sadness. You have fallen into a kabira min al-kabair. A major sin. On, on the level of on the level of drinking alcohol, on the level of you know sihar, uh, on the on the level of missing prayer, on the on the level of murder, you have done something according to Islam on the level of murder. When I say on the level, I'm not saying it's exactly the same as murder, but I'm saying on the level bima'ana, it's a major sin, right? Just like these things are major sins, this is also a major sin, right? So you see how we are not the same. You may say something to your dad. He may say something to you, but what you've said is worse. Even if you said the same thing, because of the essence of who you've said it to, you know? So that's something we need to be conscious of, the levels that there are, you know, between you and your father, you and your mother. You're, you're at different levels. Islam sees you differently. People, people are going to say, and I can imagine people saying this, that, look, Musa, what you're saying, okay, I get it. Like our, our parents, you know, they, they have a degree above us in that way. We need to make sure that we're respecting them. But at the end of the day, we're <laughs> judged by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. And Allah is just. Yeah. And if he um, will, will, will ignore your water spillage, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, that, you know, if Allah is judging us and he's the most just, if... Um, and and my parents are Muslim and I'm a Muslim, uh, and it's wrong for me uh, to, to 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 say any insulting words. Therefore, it's wrong for my parents to say any insulting words, and therefore Allah yeah, is yeah. going to judge us yeah. based on those insulting words. Yeah. So how yeah. how you know, yani Musa, you can't. My my parents can't just get away with that, can they? Yeah. So here's the thing: in the sight of Allah, this is the thing as well. Is it your place as a child to pull your parent to the side and say, you can't talk to me like that. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't, you know, all of this. That's not your place. It is not your place as a child, as a um, and as an inferior, okay, as someone who is not on the same level as your parent, to now pull them to the side and give them advice as if you are a superior. No. Or as if you are on the same level. You're not. So it's that's not your place to do. All of our parents have issues, they have things, etc. Okay, maybe, maybe if you have a certain relationship, because you know the relationship with your father. Maybe if you're going for a drive and, you know, your father's in a good mood. Because we all know our parents. Our father's in a good mood. And, you know, you're, you're upset about something that happened three, four days ago, which, by the way, you let go. You let go, right? And then you say, Baba, you know, I just want to let you know something. Um, I know you're happy, I'm happy now. So I just want to mention it, you know, um... And, and you can take it or leave it from me. You don't have to take it, you know. But um, I just wanted to let you know, I, I was I really, you know, what you said to me that day kind of hurt me, kind of affected me, etc. And whatnot. And you speak to them in a polite way, in a reasonable way, etc. And in a, in, a, in a way of well manners. Fine, no problem. But as for, you know, uh, treating your parent as if 
you know, they're your employee and you pull pulling them to the side. That's a different case, you know, subhanAllah. And sometimes, you know, you have to have emotional intelligence. You have to see, you have to see what the person is going through. Sometimes, wallahi, your parent may say something to you that is that is wrong. They actually say something to you that is wrong. But they said it to you because something else is affecting them. You know, I, 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 I know of one case where a parent said something to the child and it really, you know, the, the, the child heard it, but then the child also knew my, my parent is going through X, Y, and Z. I'm going to leave it for now. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not going to respond at all. Like, I'm not even going to show it's affected me. I'm just going to continue on as usual. You're my father. You can say whatever you want to me. Yeah. Can you imagine firstly, firstly, how Allah will look at you? Allah knows, Allah knows that your father or your mother was wrong for saying that to you. Allah knows that. By the way, when we say this, it doesn't mean everything your parents do to you is right. What we're saying is, it's not necessarily upon you to pull them up for that. Allah is Al-Alim, Allah is, Allah is the judge. Allah is the one who's going to judge all of us. So Allah will for sure, definitely, hold parents to account for what they've done towards their children. And later on, we can even mention something. You know, there's an athar, there's a narration that's attributed to Umar radiallahu anhu. Because um, after that, we'll actually done a whole khutbah on this, right? There's an athar that is attributed to Umar radiallahu anhu about a father um, who came and complained about his son. And then Umar radiallahu anhu actually got the son to come. And, he asked the son, and then the son said some things which Umar radiallahu anhu basically he said, I-, I hear what you're saying, right? We'll go into that in a bit. You can remind me. But the point is, we're not saying that your parents have a green card to do whatever they want. But what we're saying is, you as a child, you have to be a bit conscious of the way you address that. And sometimes, you know, by not addressing it, by letting it pass, by taking it, you can actually, you know, subhanAllah, and not only the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but your parents are human beings. For sure, your parents know. Your parents are also, just like you have a guilty conscience, your parents do as well. Sometimes your parent, they'll come up to you later on and say, you know what, I'm actually sorry for that. I remember, you know, my father once, my father once, he accidentally, accidentally, you know, done something towards me, or he said something to he, he done something towards me, where he had misplaced. I won't even say he was wrong. I actually won't even say he was wrong. Even now, I won't say he was wrong. But he misplaced a judgment, okay? And because of his misplacing of that judgment, uh, he basically, something happened, right? And I remember afterwards, my father, he came up to me, just like anyone, Akhi, any, all of us have guilty consciences. My father, he said to me, you know what? And this shows you good character as well and humility. My father, he said to me, and he doesn't need to apologize to me. He said, you know what? I apologize for that. I do apologize for that. I'm, I'm sorry I've done that, right? But the point is, imagine how that also makes you feel as a child. By the way, that's not a norm in my relation. My father doesn't <laughs> come up to me, apologize. He doesn't need to do that, right? And I don't want him to do that. Yeah. yeah? But the point is, your parents also have a guilty conscience. They also have feelings. And they may even come up to you and apologize for uh, just uh, about something for you. You know, if you respond in the right way. If you respond in the right way. If you start responding in a, way, in a rude way and swearing, and being abusive to your parents and stuff like that, then you, you can't expect them to feel bad about anything they do, right? Um, yeah, subhanAllah. So, you know, this... this uh, you could call this category of of what we're talking about sonhood and daughterhood you know because we speak a lot about fatherhood 
motherhood yeah and that's all about yeah. how we as parents need to make sure we're on the game and we're on the ball and we're taking care of our children we're doing this for them we're doing that for them and you know reading child psychology books and making sure that the methods of tarbiyah are, are excellent and whatnot and all that kind of stuff and this is not to downplay that all of that stuff is important and I, I don't think people would expect me to downplay it because my whole project is based upon making sure that we as fathers are involved in our children's lives and we're, we're doing as much as we can for them because Allah has given us that responsibility to nurture them and at the end of the day every parent is going to be asked about what what they did for their children but sonhood and, and, and daughterhood is something that literally every single Muslim has a responsibility towards because, for example, you, Musa, you're not a father, but you're, you're a son, right? Yeah, so exactly, every yeah. single Muslim has a mother and a father, whether they are alive or they have, they have passed away, whether they are separated or that they're with them. But not every Muslim is a parent. So that, you know, the priority that we give uh, to sonhood and daughterhood and how we as children are supposed to be to our parents... I don't think that priority is really there. We kind of sometimes brush over the ayat. And we say that you shouldn't say uff to your parents. We brush over the ayat, uh, and you know, making dua for our parents. Um, we, you know, we brush over the ayat of being good to our parents, and we don't. I think because those uh, ayat just just become kind of commonplace. We don't actually give it its, it's due right. This whole concept of honoring your parents we don't give it it's it's due right and you know one, one thing that it reminds me of is the, the the narration where the one who has memorized the quran is called for and the day of judgment and he's given a crown and he's given clothing from jannah and then his parents are given the same meaning that through his efforts of memorizing the quran his parents were on it but when you speak to some of the scholars and you ask them, okay, does that mean if I just memorize the Quran, that's it? Like, that's all I have to do? And most of, most of them will tell you, no, it means you need to be living by the Quran. You need to be somebody who's actually implemented Quran in their life. If you want to have the full uh, uh, benefit of that virtue of coming on the day judgment and being given these clothing and, and, and honoring your parents. So the honoring of the parents comes by actually living through it you know it doesn't come by just doing a uh, uh, little snippets here and there i've memorized the quran now i've honored my parents i've i've uh, i've been uh, good to them today i've honored my parents i've um, you know really it comes through actually living it through your life you know taking the test taking the hardship uh, you know when you're going through difficulty with your parents it's easy to be good to your parents when you're younger and they're younger you know, because you can communicate when they're getting older and they need your help and you've got your own family and you've got your own responsibilities and you've got your own job. That's when honoring your parents is going to start to become a lot more difficult. But you really have to live through that. You can't just assume that uh, uh, you just having this role of being a son and being a daughter and you, you, you know, you honor your parents here and there, you're automatically going to get these rewards and these benefits. You have to live through those trials and those tribulations to be able to, 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 to take that on. And that, that is a responsibility for everyone. Uh, uh, you know, like I said, not everybody is a parent, but everybody is a child. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And um, that's why it's important for us to discuss these topics. And 
for us to realize um, it's not only about rights as well. It's also about, you know, understanding the essence of it, you know, understanding the, the feeling behind it, right? Where, um, you know, you actually want to, you know, if, if we just spoke about rights, you want your relationship with your parent to be a nice relationship. You want it to be a good relationship, okay? Um, and, you know, just like, you know, one day you'll have children and, you know, you'll want your ch- children to listen to your advice based on all of your life that you've lived. That's how your parents feel. That's how your parents feel, right? So you actually emotionally, you know, try start to understand why is my parent advising me this? Why are they saying what they're saying, etc. And you start to understand the perspectives, you know, um, that, that they have, you know. And understanding that relationship is so so important nowadays. It's very unfortunate, Akhi. Like it's very unfortunate that it's become so common for people to just, you know, um, blame everything on abuse, right? It's such a common look. It's such a common thing to mention. I was abused by my parents. Okay, first of all, am I denying that certain people are out there and they are abused by their parents? No, I'm not denying that. I'm not denying that. Okay. I'm sure there's cases in the world, I'm sure there's cases in places, even amongst Muslims, where parents, you know, have genuinely, definitely done extremely wrong things towards their children, okay? Um, they have done very wrong things towards their children, no problem. Those cases exist. But as for speaking about it and making it like a norm, like all of us are being abused, everyone's being abused, because you as one person has gone through a certain situation, that all of us now should basically judge our relationship with our parents based on you. That's wrong. And also, when you say you've been abused, what do you mean when you say that? Genuinely, you know, the people who say things like that about their parents, you need to actually sit down with a person of knowledge and discuss the things you've gone through and actually ask them, is this abuse? Have I been abused? Or am I perceiving something to be abuse when in reality, it's just a normal relationship with your parents? I'll give you a good example, uh, uh, Shuaibi, right? You're married, okay? In a marriage, Akhi, yeah, in a normal marriage, every day is not a good day. You have certain you have certain days where, you know, you and your wife, you know, and I'm not speaking about you necessarily, but anyone, a brother and his wife, they will have an argument. Have a big fight. The sister will go back to her parents. The brother will say, you know what, I don't want to see you for a few days, right? I don't want, you know, let's just separate for like a week. Let's just calm down or whatever, etc. Right? For someone to come and say now, this is abuse, right? No, Akhi, this is what happens very commonly. You know, you're two people, you've just clashed. No one's being abusive here. You've just gone through something, right? So in every single relationship that you have, that's a close relationship. You're living with your parents, etc. Okay, fine. One day your parent may say something to you. They may say something wrong to you. But, okay, are they abusing you? Are, are you actually going to go as far as to say I'm being abused? And here's the thing. Shall I tell you something? When Allah speaks in the Quran, and this is something that people need to know now. If it was the norm, if abuse was the norm in every single, um, what, and what, what you're calling abuse, yeah? and I'm speaking to those people who say that, if that's the norm, if that was the norm, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when addressing, generally speaking, everyone in the Quran, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would have addressed that abuse. Rather, that's not the case. The ahadith 
the ayat in the Quran that speak about parents, they're speaking to the normal situation. They are not speaking to the anomaly. You are the anomaly. If you have genuinely been abused, you're the anomaly. Let's say na'udhu billah you've been sexually abused. Or let's say na'udhu billah you have been physically abused and you've gone through serious stuff. You're the anomaly. We have to let you know you're the anomaly. That's not the norm. Yeah. Allah in the Quran, when Allah for example says, وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّهِ وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا When Allah is first mentioning that, and He's expressing that He has ordained for you to only worship Him. Okay? Right? That you only worship Allah. And then He mentions, and to, to show your parents, towards your parents, He has made it so that you should be good to your parents. You should show them Ihsan, excellence. Right? Allah is speaking to the normal situation here. Normal situation. Yeah. So that shows you that the normal situation with parents is like this. It's respect. It's obedience. It's being showing your parents birr, doing birrul walidain, doing ihsan. That's the normal situation. As for these other ones, they are anomalies. So we do not treat anomalies as if they are the norm and as if they are the standard. They are not the standard. So my dear brother or sister who's listening, who's gone through a rough time, etc. First of all, actually establish, are you being, and I'm not saying this in an insensitive way, are you exaggerating your situation to make it abusive? Or is your situation like what we've all gone through? We've all had disagreements with our parents. We've all maybe gone through a rough time. We've all gone through something that has caused us some grief, you know? But we're not all saying we've gone through abuse. So are you in this category of abuse? Or are you have you actually been abused? Yes. You need to sit with people and establish that. If you've actually been abused, then perhaps you can be advised accordingly. Perhaps a sheikh, a person of knowledge, a student of knowledge may actually tell you, you know what? For you, maybe you need to navigate that relationship like this. Mm. Yes. Maybe you shouldn't be at their house every day. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't uh, be at certain gatherings. Maybe you shouldn't do that. But that's the anomaly though. Remember that. That's not the norm. The norm is to show ihsan. The norm is, the norm is, as Allah mentioned in the Quran, okay, الْإِنسَانَ بِوَالِدَيْهِ إِحْسَانًا حَمَلَتْهُ أُمُّهُ كُرْهًا وَوَضَعَتْهُ كُرْهًا وَحَمْلُهُ وَفِصَالُهُ ثَلَاثُونَ شَهْرًا Allah, when He speaks in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like in this ayah in Surah Al-Ahqaf, Allah, He's expressing to us about the pain, you know, that what, what your mother went through. I'm telling you, she went through, she went through, you know, Struggle. She went through struggle when carrying you, subhanAllah. Why is Allah mentioning that? Allah mentions things in the Quran for a reason. Allah is mentioning that to you. So you realize, you realize my mother, she went through these things for me. I need to be grateful to her. I need to be appreciative to her. I need to show her ihsan. And that's the norm. That is what the norm is. That's what the standard in Islam is. This is what our standard is. This is what our, you know, um, yardstick is. Our yardstick is not below that. If you, if your situation is an anomaly, then okay, fine. Anomalies are dealt with as anomalies, but they are not dealt with as the norm. Yeah. I hope, I hope that's clear. This is the, and, and, this and is I'm very sure, clear. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's it's very important that you brought up this point because, uh, in my own experience, uh, and 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 those who I've spoken to, a lot of the times people kind of take on the abuse from others around them as if it's their own. So, for example, in my situation, it was 
other family members because bearing in mind when when uh, the separation happened between between my mama, my mother and my father i was a baby you know so i'm not involved in anything neither have i seen anything neither do I have memories of anything that has occurred between my father and other family members so what i did is i took on their burden i took on their abuse i said i'm going to stand by them my dad was like this to us and 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 i and i, and I put myself in that collective but that it wasn't it wasn't right for me to do that because it what how my dad treated me was not the same way that he may have treated other family members and so my relationship to him um is is judged on a on a different yardstick like you're saying maybe for them there's a specific thing that they need to do but for me i have no reason but what i did is i took that on and i told myself i do have a reason and therefore i need to distance myself and only until i started realizing that actually what am i doing here i'm taking on somebody else's burden somebody else's abuse and i'm using that as an excuse for myself to say that i should not have a relationship with my father how damaging is that shall I, shall i tell you something shaib and 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 ask you a question on this right don't you think okay you know and this is subhanallah something very interesting you know one of my um one of my teachers one of the things he once advised me which was such a profound advice i've never heard this before in my life right he advised me said you know you know the abuse or the emotional uh trauma or emotion you know the sadness or whatever that your family have gone through you know you you shouldn't take that on as well right be ma'na meaning that the, what they've gone through you don't don't let it burden you as well you know that's someone else's trauma and one of the things that you realize from this is wouldn't you say that when you actually separated yourself from the situation you were actually able to help those family members more because you're outside and you can help now yes you understand yes. you're not carrying much you yes. can help but whereas when when you as a human being not only you know not only are you carrying the burden but now you also have to help the burden from the inside is difficult but when i'm on the outside and my mind is clear my mind is fresh my mind is not holding baggage and i speak to mathan for example my mother or my father and i give them advice even though i'm their son and i'm close to them but i give them advice from the outside like mom as an outsider you should do this you should do that be like this and you and you and you come to them as a shoulder to cry on shoulder to seek comfort on but you're not taking the burden right that's such an amazing situation whereas if you're just taking everyone's burden and that means everyone's just in burden all all by themselves right wouldn't you agree with that 100% agree with you and i've seen it happen in in my own family there's since i was able to sort of saw the situation for myself other situations around in my family members i was able to be there and support and and help out because i know i don't i don't have to feel like i have to take a side now you know i'm i'm taking my own side i i have this relationship with my father this is me and him and i don't have to take your side that you're against you're against my father so i need to be there with you neither do do i need to take my father's side to say that okay but, you know my father thinks this oh well, i'm there because i'm i'm on the outside and now i can help uh, be you know in a way a middleman in that situation definitely um i was i was going to say you know you were talking about the level of abuse as well 
in the same Quran where it says to be good to your parents, in that same Quran, Allah brings a story of Ibrahim and his father. And if you want to look at abuse between parent and child, that is the, the, the example to go to. Yet, That's a very good example. What is yeah. Ibrahim's response? Okay, let's go through the, the story very quickly. Okay, his father is number one, not a Muslim. Not only is he not a Muslim, he's one of like their heads when it comes to uh, uh, creating, uh, being a mushrik and, and, and allowing for, for, for shirk to occur in the land because he's the one selling idols. So already we're at a certain level when it comes to his father. Okay, then on top of that, Ibrahim السلام, is turning away from everything that his father knows. Okay, so he's he, he's in a situation where he's totally separating his mindset and his ideology from what his father believes. So this is also another very big context to put it in. Uh, then uh, uh, what happens is that Ibrahim السلام, as the son is going to his father and advising his father. Okay, that is quite a difficult situation because usually, obviously, it's the parents that are going to be bringing up the child and telling the child what to do. But here, Ibrahim has a responsibility from Allah to tell his father that, look, I am a prophet of Allah. I've come to tell you that it's better for you to worship one God and to turn away from these false idols. So he's put now Ibrahim has put himself in this sort of situation, this responsibility of having to advise his parents on something huge. Okay, it's not even just advice on something small. This is advice on on, on salvation. So again, this is another uh, a big uh, kind of uh, context that we put it in. And then what happens is the 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 the, the conversations between him and his father. Well, hey, Ibrahim is telling him one thing, and his father is now threatening to kick him out of the land, threatening him to, to, to uh, separate from him that, you know, you are no longer, uh, I don't even want to speak to you, I don't want to even hear you, uh, threatening to then uh, uh, put him into the fire, you know, taking it through so many stages where it's basically like his father's like, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm happy with you even just being killed. And in every step, Ibrahim salam's response is Ya Abati, Ya Abati, Ya Abati. We see this dialogue in the Quran, meaning that he speaks to him saying, Dear father, dear father, dear father. With every response his father gives him, he comes back and he still shows him good manners, still shows him good manners and doesn't turn away from him, doesn't uh, uh, do anything to, to, to hurt his father. If you want to talk about abuse, this is uh, the biggest level of it because for our situation, most of us who are saying that our parents are on that level of abuse Number one, our parents are still Muslim Number two, our parents are not calling us towards idol worship Number three, the challenge that we have with our parents is not the challenge of calling them towards Allah And giving them da'wah and making sure they're giving up uh, uh, shirk and they're, 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 they're adopting tawheed And neither uh, uh, is, is the abuse to a level where our parents are basically saying that we want to murder you we're like we're happy for you to be killed okay except i i know that there's anomalies and whatnot but i'm saying in the general cases of what people are talking about abuse with their parents it's none of these things yet ibrahim salam, what was his response to his father was still having good manners towards him was still being good towards him so if we're gonna take our abuse and say that okay my level of abuse is like this and therefore I don't need to have a relationship with my parents, then how do you, what do you make of this story? What do you actually learn from this story then? How do you then implement the lessons from that in your life? 
Sorry, can you say that last bit again? So I said, how can you then implement those lessons in your life uh, from the story of Ibrahim if you're saying that your uh, abuse justifies for you to not uh, uh, speak to your parents in a good way, then how are you looking at him? What are you taking from, from Ibrahim Honestly, bro, and you, you know why I zoned out? I was actually thinking about the ayat in the Quran about Ibrahim That's actually what I was thinking about. And you know, when Ibrahim in Surah Al-Shu'ara, and this is what I was thinking about, he's making these du'as. There's a portion, you know, towards, uh, you know, in the story of Ibrahim within Surah Al-Shu'ara, where he's, he's basically making these du'as, you know. Um, وَجَعَلْنِي لِسَانَ صِدِقٍ فِي الْآخِرِينَ وَجَعَلْنِي مِنْ وَرَثَةِ جَنَّةِ النَّعِيمِ He's asking Allah to make him from those people who inherit, you know, uh, Jannah, essentially, right, etc. Right? And then he says, وَجَعَلْنِي مِنْ وَرَثَةِ جَنَّةَ نَعِيمِ وَاغْفِرْ لِي أَبِي إِنَّهُ كَانَ مِنَ الضَّالِّينَ He then, he also, he also makes dua for his father. He says, forgive my father, right? He was from the misguided people. Amongst all of that, within all of these, you know, these are famous ayat, right? Right? Amongst all of that, he's also still praying for his father. He's still praying for his father. And as for, you know, we know, of course, in our aqidah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, those people, you know, who have passed away and they are mushrikeen and they have they 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 associate partners with Allah etc Allah will not forgive those people right but the point is look at the attitude of Ibrahim towards his father even though he's gone through these things and what people need to understand you know when you see people like myself when you see people like Shu'aib advising you do not do not for a second look at us and think these brothers they come from an idealistic um, example of how a father and son relationship should be no, it's not like this, right? It's not like this. We all go through struggles. Shoaib is telling you, I didn't speak to my father for 20 plus years, right? I've gone through my own struggles, right, with my father. I went through times growing up, I felt like, you know, my father didn't understand me and, you know, and all of this and whatnot. And as a young person, you misunderstand things as well. You know, you may say things, na'udhu billah to your father, you've never done anything for me, you've never done this, etc. Forgetting your father done for you all of the things he's done for you uh, let alone you know being a key component of you being on this planet right so subhanallah there's 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 so many things we forget and our attitudes just show it what is the islamic attitude and that's what we were trying to discuss before what's the islamic attitude towards your father how should your attitude be many of our attitudes are just wrong they're completely wrong they're false because of experiences we've gone through and, and, and we compare our relationships with other people's relationships because we only see what's ideal. Social media, you know, when you see people, you know, even my own relationship, when you see people and their relationships online with other brothers or their parents or even people, you know, with their wives or whatever, etc., it makes people think that these people do not have problems. They don't have the problems I have. Wallahi, brother, you don't know. These people might have worse problems than you. So true. Yeah, subhanAllah. <laughs> they have but they just know how to deal with their problems and they get past them and they don't and they have the right attitude they get through their problems you know so there's 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 a lot of you know if you were to open up the quran and you see all of these verses you know as as in surah luqman you know very famously also 
Allah mentions وَإِنْ جَاهَدَاكَ أَنْ تُشْرِكَ بِي مَا لَيْسَ لَكَ بِهِ عِلْمٌ فَلَا تُطِعْهُمَا Allah is telling you that even if your parents, if they, if they strive for you to make shirk with Allah, don't obey them. فَلَا تُطِعْهُمَا Okay, because we know from a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, and this should be mentioned, mentioned لا, لا طاعة لمخلوق في معصية الله There is no obedience for a creation in the disobedience of Allah. So, yeah, the, 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 the other thing is, if your parents are telling you to disobey Allah, then you don't obey them in that. But what does Allah say? Right after that, Allah says, وَصَاحِبْهُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَا مَعْرُوفًا Accompany them. These, Allah is talking about mushrikeen. People who associate partners with Allah. Your parents are Christians. They're drinking alcohol. They're doing all sorts, right? Be with them in a good way in this dunya. Be with them in a good way in this dunya, right? So, so look at what Allah is mentioning in the Quran here. And then us, we come with a different attitude. Yes, yes. It's, it's very, very And then so, sometimes you know? what we do is uh, we, we look and we try to prod in the Quran and in the Sunnah to find something that will satisfy our own situation. So we'll, we'll ignore, like you said, the, the, the norm. Yeah, we'll ignore all of those norms that have been set down as principles in the Quran and the Sunnah and we'll go and find a hadith and that hadith is probably on a particular context to a particular person and we'll try and find it and we'll, 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 we'll find it we'll say this applies to me now and we'll go and shop around for a fatwa where a fatwa has been given to a specific person in a specific line for a specific situation and we'll say now that applies to me ignoring all of the, uh, the norms that are out there and not even trying to go through the norms, not even trying to put any effort to say, I will do this and Allah has advised me to do this, the Prophet has advised me to be good, so I'm going to try and do it. The first uh, kind of uh, hurdle, we're like, okay, that's it, let me go find my uh, my hadith that's going to suit me, an ayah that suits me, a fatwa that suits me, and uh, now, now I'm absolved of making any effort towards my parents, subhanAllah. So that's, this is also something that I'm, I'm noticing becoming quite common. Uh, uh, it's this purely just, uh, you know, what, what, what used to be called sh uh, uh, fatwa shopping, um, you know, that it, it, it's purely coming from, from, from one's uh, desires. And I think, yeah, I think I'll just repeat it. You've said it a few times, but if there are any genuine situations, we're not taking away from any of that. Uh, if there is a situation where you need to seek professional help, then you need to do that. If there's a genuine situation where the relationship is very toxic and is going to affect your mental health, your physical health, then maybe you need to take, you know, go and seek help from a scholar, from uh, medical professionals, uh, counselors, therapists, whatever it is. Maybe you're at a situation where that that needs to happen. But we're we're talking about the uh, the, norm. the, the norms and trying to. Uh, uh, battle these kind of misconceptions that people have when it comes to uh, you know relationships with your parents and difficult relationships with your parents. Um, Musa, I wanted to ask you before we finish off because we're coming up to a, sort of an hour mark. I think we've been a bit negative. I think we need to bring some positivity into here. So, like I mentioned at the beginning, kind of your relationship with your father is sort of out there for loads of people to see. Um, and you guys as father and son are not afraid of people sort of seeing your relationship and um, you know what you guys do together what influence uh, he's had on your life and, and things like this so what impact do you feel like having your father available towards you uh, in the times that he was available um, and 
having his presence there in your home what what kind of impact has that left on you now as um you know a man in his mid 20s that kind of growing up with that father who was able to maybe instill certain things in you uh, what what's what's that sort of led to would you say i mean subhanallah you know there's certain things that people will mention to me for example about apparently there's certain things that i do that are the same as my dad subliminally right without noticing so, so, so some of my friends have told me stuff like this like they've told me before like you know you'll be um your expressions are like very similar to his or things you'll do you know uh, like you know subliminal things you do you know like the way you scratch your head or i don't know what right um and and it's it's funny like we're laughing about and stuff like that but subhanallah you know as a man you know and there's this whole trend now on talking about manliness and how to be a man as a man you always need a man who's above you, who's older than you, you know, like a murabbi. You need someone who's above you, older than you, someone you respect to put you in place. I, I, I actually firmly believe every man needs this. Doesn't matter how manly you are, how much of an ego you have, how macho you think you are, you need this, right? So for me, my father, he's always been that person to burst my bubble, right? In a, in a positive way. So like, if there's anything I'm doing, right, of course, from a childhood and without a doubt my father's relationship like my father being in my life has without a doubt made uh, an extreme difference into the way i am actually my father is of the belief i disagree with him when we discuss it but my father is of the belief that i would be somewhere else if he was not in my life and he's right right he's right he, sometimes he used to say to me i don't know where you would be like what you'd be doing right now right if, if if I wasn't in your life, you know, and it's true, you know, many of the brothers like yourself, mashallah, you know, you were practicing before you got in touch with your father, you were religious, etc. Wallahu a'lam. I don't know where I would be, genuinely, because look, if I didn't have a father in my life um, that I'm scared of, like to not listen to music growing up, like for me, listening to music was a big deal, you know, like if my dad caught me listening to music. It's not It's not something, like, for some people, it's Adi. They had playlists, they had CDs, they had this, they had that. For me, even listening to music is a big deal. For me, like, having a phone was a big deal. I remember my first phone. It was a Motorola, Motorola L6, I think it was, right? So, like, these things were a big deal, you know? And having a father on top of you, right, where he's watching what you're doing, conscious of you seeing the way you're behaving my father took me out of school in year eight and he was like listen you know your behavior is becoming different right my mother would not have been able to handle that she just would not it, it would have been impossible for her my mother she would not have been she would not have been able to handle me i can confidently say that you know and at that time in those tender ages i remember as well 13 14 15 it's when i was going out and I was, and alhamdulillah, I believe it's a good thing, but my parents, they let me go out. They let me have freedom. So I would go to the local park. I would play basketball with all of the uh, people, non-Muslims as well, from different backgrounds. People are there smoking. People are there, you know, with their girlfriends and whatnot. And I'm there playing basketball. I would just go to play basketball, right? Um, and wallahi, perhaps if my father, you know, was not in my life, uh, you know, I'd, yeah, it's true. I don't know where I would have ended up. I don't know where I would have been. Maybe I would have ended up, you know, with a wrong crowd and just really felt attached to that crowd, right? And, and, and gone with them. And you don't know. I, I don't know where I would have been. And 
you know, my father being involved in my life inspired me to get involved into da'wah. Without a doubt, there's no shadow of a doubt. My father being involved in my life, Allah, you know, caused for me, definitely, like, because if he wasn't in my life, I don't think I would have done this. My bachelor's in history, alhamdulillah, which I completed, you know, um, me going forward in, in, in history studies, you know, my Islamic studies, my, my teacher, my main teacher at the moment is my father's teacher, right? Um, so like, you know, all of these things, actually, if you look at every single thing I'm probably doing, you know, alhamdulillah, I do khutbahs now, you know, on a fairly regular basis. Um, my, my secular studies, if you want to call them that, my Islamic studies, you know, many of the main things I'm doing are directly inspired by my father. And, and I think if you speak to many people, and I'm not claiming success for myself, but if you speak to many people who are successful, it's probably the case with them as well. They are, they, it made a difference to them. And that doesn't mean that if you don't have your father in your life, that you're going to be a failure. That's not the case. But just for, for me personally, this was my experience, right? Um, perhaps I would have, you know, still uh, ended up here, etc. or whatnot. But for the way it happened with me, no, no doubt. My father was a key component in that. And um, and what, that's the thing. What, what you know? would you say yeah. are... Because people who are maybe going to be watching this are, are going to be fathers who want to kind of have that type of relationship with their with their child so what would you say as the child that your father did to keep that connection with you or to keep that sort of you looking at him like if i mess up you know that's it you know i'm gonna disappoint him or maybe it's not that maybe it's that you looked up to him in an inspirational way that He's doing all of these things. And maybe growing up, you didn't see that as an inspiration. But now that you have grown up, you've obviously, you've taken those things and you've realized how they, 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 they did kind of create an imprint in your mind. So what would you say was it that your father did that you observed as a child that uh, made that sort of bond and that relationship happen? Yeah. SubhanAllah, I think out of all of my siblings, um, I was the closest with my father in the sense of um, his public work. So like um, my father growing up, um, even when I was 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, like all of these ages, 15, 16, maybe when I was 16, it stopped. Um, and I think that's the perfect time for it to stop, to be honest with you. Um, but like I started doing my own thing at that age. But up going up until that age, my father would take me with him to all of his talks. I was going all over the country with him. Um, I even traveled internationally with my dad you know, um, you know, to, to, for different projects and stuff like that. And me being with him, obviously that is, I believe that actually subliminally inspired me. You know, I don't think it directly, because if someone was to look at me, they would probably think, oh, you know, like he was directly inspired. Like it's weird because I would definitely say I was inspired. And, and, and I think you can see that. Right. But it was more subliminal. It was more like it naturally happened, you know? Um, by spending time with him, things rubbed off on me. And actually, some of the things that probably rubbed off on me, you know, some of these things a person may even notice years later, you know? Like now, years later, I'm realizing, I, you know, the, why did I get into that waffle? Like, what, what, what caused me to do that? You know, if my dad wasn't around, would I be involved? I probably wouldn't, you know? It's stuff like that where it makes you realize, okay, I naturally just got into it because of that. And that's why I think, you know, father's watching, because uh, I think that's where you're trying to take it as well. Fathers watching, they have a very, very strong responsibility. And that's, you know, we speak a lot about the opposite side because it's important. 
the son respecting the father, the daughter respecting, etc. But the opposite is also very true, and that that comes to that narration of Omar radiallahu anhu, where a man he come, he came to Omar radiallahu anhu and he complained, and he said to Omar radiallahu anhu, my son doesn't respect me basically, um, you know, and I paraphrase the whole narration, but he's basically saying to Omar radiallahu anhu, he's not happy with the way his son is treating him, right? So Omar radiallahu anhu, radiallahu anhu he sees the son and he calls him, so the son comes. Very interesting. You see the hikmah of Omar radiallahu anhu. Right? And he speaks to the son, and the son admits, he admits, yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not, um, you know, basically being good to my father. Yeah? Um, and then the son asked, what was, what are the rights that I have over my father? What was he supposed to do for me? And then he says, okay, Umar anhu, he mentions three things. Very interesting thing. He says, your father, he was supposed to do three things for you. Your father is supposed to give you a good name. He says, as for my name, it's not a good name. And he mentions, the, the narration mentions the name, I've forgotten it, right? And then he mentions, he did, basically he didn't get any, any I, even, I think I remember it might be of the Shams, if I, if I remember correctly. It was a strange name, yeah. right? It was a strange name, okay? And then basically, he says, your father also was supposed to teach you the Qur'an. He says, as for the Qur'an, my father never taught, taught me in harf, uh, one harf of the Qur'an. He never taught me a letter of the Qur'an. He says, okay, as for your mother, sorry, as for the third thing, your father should have chosen a good woman to be your mother. So essentially, your mother should be a good person. He says, my father, she, the, the person he chose to, to basically get with is a slave. So in Islam, the, you take the nasab, the lineage of your father, but you take the freedom, etc., of your mother. So now, essentially, my mother is a slave, and I'm affected by that. Right? So look at what my father done for me. Omar radiallahu anhu, he says to the father, you disrespected him before he disrespected you. So you see, and this is what shows that the people who've gone through things as well, Islam is fair. Umar radiallahu anhu, these companions, they were fair people. No doubt, the Prophet was the most fair of people. They were the most just of people. So, as a father as well, disrespect your children. Don't be bad to your children. Don't treat them wrongly. Give them good tarbiyah. Because if you don't, don't blame them that when they get older, they, they're not respectful towards you. They disrespect you. You know? All you showed them... You know, essentially, make it easy for your children to respect you. Make it easy. Your children, they have to respect you. Make their job easy. Just make their job easy for them. It's like if, if my wife, you know, she, she has to obey me in Islam. She has to obey me in Islam. I should make it easy for her to obey me. Some brothers, they make it difficult, right? They behave in a rough way, in a wrong way. They are rude. They are disrespectful. And then at the same time, they said, you have to obey me. So you're just making life difficult for everyone. Make everything easy, right? Make it easy. For, make your children want to respect you. And that's the thing. You know, uh, many fathers, you know, they'll behave in a very rough way, a very rude way, disrespectful way. And essentially, they're putting their parents in a very rough situation. Uh, their children in a rough situation. Because you know your, your child, you know, might earn Jahannam because of the way he's behaving with you. But do you want him to earn Jahannam? You're making it easy for him to. You know, so 
we have to look at things we have to look at the whole picture and the whole picture requires the father to be good to his child and the whole picture also requires the son okay to be respectful to his father and of course like um you know um as we've expressed throughout the podcast you know you want to live in a way where you know you're creating love you know 100% uh i'm going to go and look through these instagram content you know i'm so engrossed in our conversation i totally forgot that we even on instagram and people might be asking questions <laughs> so let's scroll and let's see sitting... or if the people watching now if they have any questions they can probably yeah. put them down now yeah yeah uh i don't sure if you got anything on your side i'm scrolling there's a lot of people joining and stuff and i know at the beginning there was some comments but i don't know if it's like too far back now or something like that we can um if the people watching now have any comments any questions about what we've been discussing then please do leave them um in the comment section down below Yeah, I think I've scrolled to the top but don't find anything. That's fine inshallah. Um khair. I think we can end it then inshallah if no one's uh, got any questions. Uh, I think we've we've covered a, a good topic a needed topic uh, inshallah and hopefully that's 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 benefited people. And um inshallah maybe in the future when you do become a father we can have you on again and we can speak about your experiences <laughs> with, with your son uh, rather than with your dad. Uh yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah inshallah. Inshallah. Khair. All right, Jazakallah khair. Jazakallah khair for having me. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.